0: So basically, you know, I didn't know, I don't know if I I have a name for this. I called it. It's complicated because just everything is life is complicated. Business is complicated. (laughs) And I think even conversations, there's no like, you know, simple yes or no, the things. And, you know, I know for you, you're relatively young, right? I mean, you have what? You're like 24, 25, 25 now. Okay. And you have two kids, right? Mm hmm. And with two kids, you basically were able to, so 25, two kids, you're able to graduate school. You also, you know, are involved in a ton of like, I don't want to say ton, but like four to six companies or different ventures. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you wrote this book, you're really, really involved. So I guess, you know, the simplest thing that, cause there's a couple different things I wrote down, but in general, What makes you feel when you get up in the morning? How do you think about your day?
1: I think about my day in chunks. So, usually, the first thing I do when I get up is like check my calendar of like, I go, I check it before I go to bed, but I also check when I wake up of like, okay, what is it? What does today look like? Because I really pencil in almost everything into my calendar. So, everything Mm. from, you know, just hanging out, like, you know, meetings business meetings, you know, family meetings, baby showers, doctors appointments for the family. So there's like almost anything, you know, go outside and exercise, almost everything I try to put into my calendar. So that I yeah. know like really how much time what is my busy time and truly busy time versus my downtime that I could, you know, do other things, whether it's read or play with the kids or, you know, watch a movie. So I just really try to schedule, make sure everything is like listed as a task in my calendar. So I have a good reflection of the day. So I'll check that first. Then I kind of get usually sidetracked into the notification world and I even put less notifications on my phone, but I still get a little sidetracked of like, okay, I have 10,000 notifications. Which one do I reply to first? Who needs what? What do I have to say to people? So, so that's the second really like thing.
0: So I guess what I'm trying to understand is, You know, one of the things that's like always been interesting to me is this idea that, you know, everyone has a different perception on, you know, maybe what's important. And certain, you know, there's certain things that guide that, you know, because they have different maybe priorities, their health can be impacted or their situation. So when you do these things, well, first of all, with the scheduling, do you do that every morning or do you do it on a weekly basis? How do you zone in? Making the schedule or reviewing it? Just making it, or thinking about how much time do you spend actually thinking about the day or the week, and when do you do that planning?
1: Kind of, do, I do a little bit, about half an hour to an hour of it every day just because there are so many meetings coming in at any time and then right now with COVID it's increased dramatically of like okay somebody needs something you know I've, and then I've had to start like blocking days because I usually have to use my calendar link and so I've had to start blocking days to just like work so I'm taking up I, I started I realized I was taking more meetings than actually getting work done and then I needed to tap into like after hours to actually work because my whole day oh this call this interview this chat session this strategy call and it's just I'm also realizing that I need to now build out my team even more more because I am the one that does I like to do the work and I am the one that does most of the work but I am now you know because of like the the content that I'm putting out the book the pocket a lot of this content I'm getting different opportunities so it's how do I manage the opportunities for growth that would lead you know like that's planting seeds versus harvesting like reaping the benefits of those seeds that I've planted Yeah. yeah but you know I do it a little bit every day, but then like I try to set, you know, Sunday nights, I usually like come out like, two to three hours, oh, yeah, around two hours. So like, okay, this is what the week will look like. These are my intentions. And I'm a part of an accountability group that we meet, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, set intentions and review our tasks.
0: So how, I mean, and this Sunday thing, I think that's pretty cool that you on Sundays kind of look at your week ahead. So it sounds like you're, it's fluid, you know, and you're, it sounds like you're also kind of always learning how to read imagine the schedule right mm-hmm. on the other the other hand it sounds like you have you know you come in on a sunday and you sort of think about your week type of thing right or not that you come in but you sort of take the time on sunday to do that yeah that's pretty cool okay and how often does that sunday i mean is it like pretty consistent um, yeah i
1: think maybe i miss maybe one at most two a month But it's pretty consistent because that's, like, the more relaxation day. Like, Saturday, I still have, like, a few more meetings. But Sunday, I really try to stay away from the computer and just really, you know, whether it's writing notes, making plans. And now that I have a bigger team, also making sure that they know what the deliverables for the upcoming week are. So that way, I have a, a jump start. Because when I dive into Monday, I tr- I used to try to do it on Mondays, but Mondays just get so hot, like so fast, like it's
0: just like yeah,
1: boom, boom, yeah. Boom. <laughs>
0: That's what I noticed too is that you know Sundays it seems like and 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 a lot of times if you're not mentally prepared for Sunday, I mean Monday, it almost feels like an overwhelming day of mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. and it can actually get you down, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So there's a few things that I'm I'm still kind of interested in because I think people could, you know, the point of this is really I think a lot of people can learn from some of the, the ways that you go about your day or thinking about going about your week, because I believe that there are patterns in people that are, you know, putting out work that they really enjoy. And as you say, hustling and, and, you know, going through the motions of growing professionally, personally. And I also want to highlight those patterns. But, you know, I'm just curious. So what do you do in the sense of making sure, you know, we know being an entrepreneur is a roller coaster, you know, no matter how much revenue or money your business makes, there's always things that come up. How do you, what's your mindset? How do you know to be a certain way or think a certain way?
1: Yeah, I think it comes from being, you know, the kind of household that I grew up in, right? I grew up in a very Caribbean, Black American kind of household where it's, shit is gonna always hit the fan it was just it just became like trend and it's like all right you have two options when things hit the fan right it's either you lose yourself and go crazy and then you realize after you do that things end up being okay or you try to keep your head steady and you know just realizing that yes the room smells crazy right now because there's shit hitting the fan and it's everywhere and it's like and just like you know just step away if you need to take a deep breath but Things will simmer down, and at the other end, you know, most often at the other end, it's great. More times than not, it's better at the other side of things going crazy. So just remembering those times, and you know, I write a lot, I read a lot, I journal. So I try to take my mind away from it, or I like, or I just dive into it versus trying to fight it. I'm like, okay, how can I sit with this? Because at the other side, something better is gonna come. If
0: I need to cry, I do that. So it sounds it does obviously sorry to cut you off I didn't mean no, um,
1: I, don't.
0: I was just thinking like it sounds like you know you are thinking positive and thinking that whatever is going on it'll end and like you said good things come out of it but was there a time that when that, that you had like aha moment where that started for you where you actually were hey I see this happening I'm going to look at the bright side or I'm gonna you know I'm gonna assume that things will be okay and I'm just gonna Move forward. It was it just growing up in the household, or was it like certain things you think that made that, you know, within that environment, or something else?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't recall a specific aha moment because I feel like at each phase in my life there has been like a new aha moment. Like, and I would, you know, the most fresh on my mind is, like, for example, when I had my son in high school. Right? You know, that could have become a potentially, you know, I could have dropped out of school. I could have, you know, not went on to college. I could have, like, you know, there's many ways that things could have went. But I decided, you know, am I just going to stick it out and figure out how to make this work for me? Like, it's already happening. How am I going to make it work for me instead of be a no. deterrent or something that makes me sad? And so, you know, that was a teenage aha moment. And then it happened again when in college I was overwhelmed with school. I started having a lot of anxiety and panic attacks. And then, you know, a lot of some jolted into like, remembering. And if I don't remember fast enough, I call it the universe, God, you know, whatever people want to call it. Outside factors come in and jolt you into remembering, hey, this is not the end of the world. Remember that other crazy thing that you went through and then at the other side, it was a lot better. So just like at each phase, it almost another thing <laughs> comes up to remind you, hey, aha, did you forget? Or just remember this is, this is how it's going to turn out. So, you know. I, yeah, that, that moment just comes to you and it reminds you and you just have to pay attention to the signs I feel like they always happen you just have to pay attention
0: yeah what I'm also looking to get into the root of I'm curious is you know there are people from the same families or there are people that are brought up in similar environments but they don't act they don't share those opinions in the sense that you know some people believe that you know do things ultimately end up positive if you're thinking positive. And, and then in the same environment, you know, you can have a sibling or whatever think very differently. Do you experience that around people that you grew up with?
1: Yeah, I do actually. And I think it's, it's like that, that quote, I don't know if it's Ford or Jim Rohn or somebody, but they're like, you know, if you say you can or you can't, either way you're right. And it's, it's going to end up going your way if you just keep pursuing it. Cause I feel like I, I've been around a lot of family members or people close to me and they're like nope this is it for me this is like the ruts this is it like this is where I'm gonna stay I'm never gonna you know get that pay raise or launch that thing or you know you're just stuck and it's like I try to be all motivational and they're like all right that's just you then they will highlight the things that I've overcome or like and look at it as a privilege standpoint And I'm just like it's not privilege at all I'm like one of the least privileged persons that I know but I'm yeah. one of the most persistent person that I know I'm gonna go out there and you know tackle things and even if I'm scared as heck or I'm nervous or I feel misplaced I kind of just work through that because I know if I work through that I've seen too many times just working through it that it's been amazing that it's no matter what emotion comes up I'm just going to work through it because I know it's going to be I'm holding on to the idea that it's going to be amazing and I think a lot of people just give up on that idea too early or you know if they especially they have back-to-back negative things you know there's always more life if you're alive there's more life and something else that could happen
0: so so, so what i'm getting is that in a way having at least some kind of positive reinforcement in what you're doing i mean i think even to have that ability to be consistent and not to give up that in itself isn't easy you can't it's not something you can teach but on the other side you know it seems like to go long enough to get some positive results is also something that doesn't seem like people even are able to, people don't want to sort of commit to that point. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe when it gets hard, do you think when it gets hard, they give up? Or do you think that they just think it'll never, you know, is it because so, the problem is you're also sort of compounding that with the fact that you're waking up and maybe not thinking the way that you are, you know, uh-huh. someone can be going down the same road, but they can be looking at it from a lens of, well, it's not going to work, but I'm going to do it anyway, you know? Versus maybe the way you do it, which is I'm going to keep going until it's going to work out, you know?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. So do you think that when you were younger, did people ever say that you're maybe wiser beyond your years? Or were you more interested in, you know, maybe having older friends? I'm just curious because that's something that was going on with me. So I I wonder if that's ever been a thing with you.
1: Yeah, that definitely has been a theme. And at first I used to fight it so hard and it was and, and and then I say at first to I was still fighting it you know a couple of years ago to you know a couple months ago and it, it comes in and out because you know I'm 25 I have two kids I'm married and most of my friends that are 25 they don't have any kids they're not married they don't you know they're and then I have an entrepreneurial circle so I fit in so many different circles and I was fighting it I just want I just want to fit in I want to be normal so I'll damn myself down in certain situations you know I get really excited about tech things then when yeah. I'm not in, in the tech room, I feel like I, you know, shouldn't be too smart, right? Like, people are like, oh, you're always being too smart. and You always know everything. So I would fight it, fight it, fight it. And then like more and more each day and like, over the last couple of years, I've just accepted it. This is who I am. This is why yeah. I've been successful. This is why I'm a good mom. This, you know, and just like realizing that that's just me and whoever kind of doesn't appreciate it, like their loss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. then they don't really, they can't. They kind of, in a way, they can't appreciate the real you, you know? Exactly. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, we had a lot of similarities. I think we talked, we're both immigrants, you know? I just don't really look like one. But I'm Jewish, and we have our own share of problems. And, you know, we both came here at seven, which is kind of cool. So there's, we kind of got around to things, or, th- or maybe learning in the same way. I grew up in Brooklyn, you know, you know lower class. My parents didn't have money, worked all day. You know, all different types of things, but I just think it's interesting how things do play out. So what's interesting, I think one of the things I noticed is you were more of a teacher's pet. I actually rebelled a lot, (laughs) so I was not good at school. Well, I I was, I just, I never liked anything that wasn't interesting to me, you know, which is not how school works. You have to score (laughs) well on everything. So it's just kind of interesting about how, you know, that side of you growing up where you know, you had some issues in the home front, you know, with your dad and everything. But then on the other side of things, it seems like your mom really took care of you guys and showed you super hard work, which is the same for me. So the one thing that I actually thought was really interesting that you said is how marginalized people have the ability to be more resourceful. That's Mm -hmm. like interesting, because I feel like I could talk about that for a while. But what can you elaborate on that?
1: Yeah, I feel like when you know, when the cars are stacked against you, you just have to be more creative. Whether it's money, physical ability, you know, for example, when they say folks that are have a disability, if they're deaf, blind, whatever, their other senses are super heightened and it's, they can hear a like pin drop from a mile away if they're blind or, you know, so you yeah. get superpowers when you are, like, when you're lacking in one area, you just overdevelop in different other areas. And then it just makes it not even seem that you're missing that thing or lacking in some, some kind of area, right? Look at, what is his name? Steven, Bill, the really smart guy. What is his name? I forgot his the name. The director? The director? No, like the guy. He's like oh, a scientist. Oh,
0: Steven Hawking.
1: Yeah, Hawking. I'm, I knew it's Steven yeah. something, right? You know, he, he has to compensate in other areas and you just have to figure it out. And yeah. you become like this really powerful mover and shaker.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I think that's, you know, that that's just something that I think a lot of people have to understand a little bit more, you know, maybe study more. I was actually one of the things I loved was sociology in college. I I was like, I got a 4.0 in that. I love how people think. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love the idea of group think, you know, and also just what makes people do what they do. And so psychology as well. So I think there's a lot to that. You know, LeBron James talks about adversity a lot which is, you know, and so there's, there's a reason he talks about it. You know, I think there's a reason why he always says, you know, having gone through, you know, what I've gone through or, or having, having it difficult gives you some kind of quote-unquote superpower, you know, on the other side. Absolutely. Because yeah, because as you're going through that thing, you're using maybe parts of your brain that you may not even be using if you had not gone through that, right? So it's like everyone has their own experiences, that can help them uh-huh. um, i mean it's just it 's just really kind of interesting, so the other thing is, do you spend time reflecting about what you do, or do you just do your shit like
1: yeah I, I do I do I try to use some time usually at the end of the month, or i 've been moving it to the middle of the month because the end of the month is also right next to the beginning of the month where you have to plan again, so right. <laughs> I usually, I definitely do reflect in different ways of just, you know, how did that week go, right? Was, do I need to change something? And I've been taking more time to pause because I realized that I'm one of those people, you know, overly ambitious. And I, you know, I think you might tweet the other day about that, where it's like, do something. And, you know, in somebody else's book, that was like, this really huge, big thing. And I'm just like, oh, what's next? What's next? What's next? And so I've been forcing myself to Slow down and like, can I enjoy it? and just bask in this moment and just feel like, really good and you know conceited and just like not even conceited, just good and excited and appreciate the thing that just happened before I'm ready to just like, fly away and like, go to the next big thing. So yeah. I've been like, forcing myself to slow down for that.
0: So going back to your tweet and everything, you meant you basically said something along the line of somebody mentioned that you you know you're overly ambitious, and so could that be bad?
1: I think it has the potential to be, but like I think we also have within choice, right? And I've been thinking about choices a lot. Every choice that we make, there's always like consequences, good and bad consequences. And even if you don't make a choice, that is your choice to not choose, right? So even if you think something is worse than the other, it's still a choice. You could have chose the worst one, right? And just accepting the choices and say, I could choose to say, okay, being overly ambitious is a bad thing, or I could choose to be around people that enjoy and love being overly ambitious like me so you know it's about what are you willing to accept like given everything in life is a give and take and so you know how much can you give how much can you take and do do you want to be around somebody that makes you feel bad about your person it's just part of my personality and like, folks that retweeted and liked it you know maybe I'll just hang out with them more and talk about my accomplishments more in those scenes versus being in a space where I'm going to be kind of not bullied but like
0: yeah. You know, yeah. So, oh, why are you always the Yeah. Yeah. So, so actually about that, do you feel that people that maybe don't think the way you do have a hard time being around you? Do you think that it's harder to make conversation?
1: Yeah, I think it's on both sides. I think it is harder to have conversations with me, especially if they see me having conversations with folks that get it. You know, and, and it's been weird to build relationships. I feel like, you know, over the years, I've kind of, not purpose I've subconsciously avoided making close friends because I didn't want to have to adjust because I know the work scene or you know Twitter social media I get to just be 100% Georgie like because it's like part of the brand like that's the space and then when it comes to more personalized relationships you know if I go kind of 100% it seems to be doing the most and that's even why I leave the podcast that right they're doing my podcast and you know it's because and and I'm trying to figure out ways how can I make more of a mend where it's like, do I want to be around more people that get it? Or do I just need to filter myself and you know, that has been a like a little battle, internal yeah. battle that I've had for years because, you know, older friends and family members that have had longer relationships with me that way that's where the complex lies. So I just like say, oh, forget you person, that's you know, I've known like for yeah. years.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I recently had a conversation with some people that are close and it's difficult because I think you're right. You know, they sort of think that there's some sort of magic key or a magic button that we get almost, you know, some auto start at the car that they don't have. And I think, you know, a lot of it is, you know, in their fear, you know, or just in some blocks that they have that maybe they haven't faced. Not to mean that I don't, I have a shitload of things I haven't faced and there's so many things that I haven't you know, completed that I want to complete or do whatever. But Mm -hmm. it's just interesting how, you know, the defenses do go up when people are not comfortable with, you know, maybe the things that you were able to do, or, you know, me in this case. So that's kind of interesting. So, yeah, I don't know, do you have a comment on that?
1: Yeah, I do. And I, I think the comment would be that oftentimes, because of how society is set up, when you're excited about something that seems like a big win and the other person also feels like it's a big win based on what they have or haven't accomplished, they might feel like it's a jab at them. And that's, that's where it gets messy. When they start feeling like it's a jab at them and then it's, it's not, it's just, I'm just super excited about that. And it's I don't want to not have to, I don't want to have to super filter myself or not talk about this thing I'm excited about because you feel like I'm jabbing at you. If you really accepted me and these parts of me, you wouldn't take it as a jab. And so it's just like, it's your insecurity that's being reflected on me to make me feel like I'm being or saying something bad by just being excited about what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. So that's, that made me think about the fact that, you know, you mentioned before that, like one of the things, the ways you decompress or whatever, you appreciate what you've done, you even celebrate or however you do that. So in a way that's, part of your system of growing and being successful and you need to do that for your growth and then it's when you do it which is the right thing for you to do other you know there will be a, some people will be like you know that's not cool or whatever whether they're judging or they're jealous whatever the case may be or maybe they just don't jive there's just different energies different personalities but it's interesting that i agree with you even me you know there's things that go on i feel awkward talking about it i feel awkward you know, because I don't, you know, I'm excited. Like I should be, I do the same thing. I celebrate a lot. I actually take a lot of breaks during the day at work. Cause I'm like, you know what? I focus for three, four hours. I'm just going to chill for an hour. You know, mm-hmm. I do a lot of that. I do it because I'm like, Hey, you know, I've been able to build something that I can do that. But B it's almost like, so I'm saying, thank. I'm almost thanking myself for building this life by taking that break. But at the same time, I'm also just allowing my brain to recharge because I'm a big believer in focused work. And, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But a lot of people will be like, you know, you don't work. (laughs) People will be like, you don't, you know, you relax too much. So it's there, like you said, it's societal sort of structures and groupthink and and all of these things that sort of make you feel you're the enemy. Like, does that, does that ever go through your mind at all?
1: Absolutely. You know, people think, it's like, it's either I'm not working or I'm working too much or it's just like, there's always, I feel like I'm, it's like, I can never win. And it's like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's like, why aren't you making more money? Why, you know, you're not making enough money. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just like, leave me alone. Right. Like, can I just breathe this oxygen? And, and be, again, it's like <laughs> Their expectations are, a lot of people are expectations. I'm pretty sure for you too, are higher, their, their expectations are higher. But then when you meet those higher expectations. It's like yeah. they get upset that you met the yeah. expectation that they made it higher. And, I'm like, and also sometimes it's just, I'm not trying to compete with you. It's just like, I want to do this thing. I figured out a way to do it. That doesn't mean any less of you. It's just, this is for me. This is what I was meant to do. Don't yeah. like, you know, this yeah, a lot is my type of people- structure. Like- <laughs> I
0: agree. I agree. And like this, so this is an interesting segue, you know, could be a little touchy, but talking about, you know, my beliefs. So when people that have the following or the, the ability to speak their power, whatever you want to call that, just sort of share their beliefs. You know, I think a lot of people in the same sense take that as some sort of an offensive act. What's your thought on that?
1: Yeah, I think it is to touch. People are just so touchy. I don't know. And mm-hmm. I'm one of those people, I like, and I see it in you too, where it's like if there's a conversation happening, I could sympathize, or like empathize with both sides. No matter yeah. what the conversation yeah. is, and it's not like I'm gonna agree with you, but I could see okay, this I'm gonna take this part of you and run with it, or this information that you've given, and that's my solid. And then everything else, I'm gonna leave. And it's you know, right now there's a like, the whole cancel culture, and I get canceling, you know, to an extent. But then it's also people are too quick to just brush yeah. over and forget that we are all humans and make mistakes, especially if you're in like, public eye or you know you work with a lot of big names or whatever. It's like, oh no no no, you're totaled. And I'm just like, but remember crazy guy that didn't you know that did worse or it's just this weird scoring system of too many feelings behind the scoring system or you know versus real tactical is this really bad or is it just making you feel weird so now you're saying it's bad
0: yeah yeah that's 100% right I'm just kind of fascinated in the sense that you know in a weird way if you are and this so this is going to be more of an opinion maybe but I think, you know, if you're a citizen of this country, right, if you are, and again, this is more maybe, maybe my mindset, my thinking, it all kind of comes together. But if you're a citizen of this country, regardless of who, why, what, where, you know, that's the bottom line. You have the same rights as any other citizen of the country. And in that sense, whether you choose to speak or not is really your own call, you know, but you do have the same rights in all aspects of of what a citizenship grants you. So, you know, I never understand this perspective of, you know, that person, you know, maybe because he's a star in NFL, he should not be speaking or because, you know, even Georgie has 3000 followers or whatever, or what, you know, I don't know. It's almost automatically, you are somehow different from that person. You know, yeah. that tells you you're not allowed. How are you really different? <laughs> I mean, all, you know, you've just sort of done your work and somehow, you know, your follower count is different. There's obviously a reason for that. But that doesn't mean you have less or more to say, you know what I mean? Like, what's your thought on that?
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think it's, and then some folks, you know, especially when it comes to celebrities, right? If we look at celebrities, yeah. people w- put their, you know, opinions and their ideas on such a heavy weight. If somebody disagrees with anything Beyonce says, thousands of people that go crazy <laughs> and attack. And like, what do you do for a living? How are you able to go attack someone like this? And yeah. it's like, and it's yeah. like, you know, people, we accept that, but that's weird. Well, to me, it's weird. What are you doing every day? But it's, you know, also not because, you know, a person says something, they're still human. And I think we just keep forget. a lot of folks keep forgetting the human aspect of it. If you, you know, if they, yeah. if you talk them, they bleed. And, you know, because that person has influence, they have to be a little bit more careful, but also they don't, they shouldn't have to, you know, walk on eggshells. And I think a lot of times that's what ends up happening. And I, I feel like personally over the years that I've gotten more I was into the public eye, and like more people have started paying attention to the things I have to say. There was a whole year where I just like started saying a lot less, and it's like you know, it's cool when I'm doing things, but then when people start noticing and like giving an opinion, and I'll give an example. I don't know if I put it in the book, but like this guy that was following me on like Facebook at one time, you know, a couple of years ago, when all like the, the violence in the black community was happening with like police brutality and like Trayvon Martin, yeah. Ferguson, yeah. and all that stuff. I was, you know, I, I would speak up about it because that's just who I am. I'm gonna talk about up about this, thing. and like one night he just like messaged me, "Oh, you know, you're such a racist," and I'm just like, "What?" <laughs> And I freaked out. And I stopped talking up as much because of that. I'm just like, am I offending people? Or, you know, I had to, I, you know, take a look at myself when people say things. Yeah. And it's like the other side of the spectrum when I was doing a lot of the choose yourself where people were coming into my inbox, you know, you're so amazing. You're a legend. One person actually called me a legend. I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just a regular <laughs> kid just making a Facebook group and doing these things. Stop it, please. And so, you know, but it's like, you get it's overwhelming and you know it's not like my word is final it's just these are my ideas you could be a legend too you could you know be a really great or bad person too like it's not just me
0: so actually this whole thing about you created a facebook group somebody called you legend and because i i know what you mean with that what is it about you think that you can Creating a Facebook group, as you know, you know, takes maybe 30 seconds, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's just, you know, you create the title, the description, and then you invite some people. And you can do that for literally anything that you care about and find other people that probably care about the same thing. There's enough people that, you know, like we both know in the tech space, there's a problem, you know, if you have a problem, you could solve it. Other people definitely have the same problem, or most mm-hmm. of the time, you could say. So yeah. why do you think some people are scared to even go to that, through that act of, they won't create their own group, but they'll, the fact that you spent 30 seconds creating a group and just built up something that scares them, you know, why is it so hard for them to do that? Is it, do they think, some people think when they, when they say, what do you do to me? And maybe you get this too, though, I say, oh, I, I run this company. And the fact that, or I, I started a company, when I say that, they think it's something that's so scary. Mm-hmm. Or so beyond something that a normal person could do. I did that shit on loan. They think I have all this money, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know? I, bar- I took my wedding money, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as an example, and instead of giving it to my wife, and my- well, my wife agreed, so it's not like I told her. <laughs> like, we both had this agreement. I was, I'm going to use all this money, not on a home, but on starting my own company. You know, is it because they don't take risks and then they, you know, or is it, do they really get brought up in this system that maybe doesn't teach them? that this is really that simple?
1: I think it's a, both of those definitely go into play. The, they don't understand the real risk. And then another thing is the fear of the unknown. And I yeah. think a lot of people have this big fear of the unknown of they think the circumstances are worse and it's just like when i said choice, i was talking about choice earlier and then circumstances that come like no matter what you do everything has circumstances good and bad circumstances and yeah. you know as people that go out there and just do it and you know just take that leap of faith we are one accepting both the bad circumstances because you when you did that decision made that decision you accepted the idea that if this company fails not only would we have not had this big fancy wedding celebration and all the things that we're going to do with the wedding the money for the wedding but also I won't have a company and you know whatever Whatever. you are okay with that fresh start and I think as an immigrant that that helped that that definitely helped that you're gonna add something
0: no, I just, just to make a correction, it was money that we got from our wedding. It was oh, gift okay. money that we were supposed to use to, for something smart. <laughs> but <laughs> it's still, you know, thankfully, it's still sort of playing, working out. But yeah, I agree with you that, you know, like you said, most people would not. So it's risk and it's a fear of, you know, I guess you could call it the unknown or failure, right? All the things that we talk about. So that's awesome. Do you meditate?
1: Yeah, not as much as I would like to or should, but at least two to three times a week. And even if it's not like a full like, and those are the the stop and meditate. I'm sitting down and doing the whole shebang, and I have something going. You know, the thing guiding me. But then other times, you know, I I look at writing in my journal as an active meditation. I look at you know, going outside and just sitting in the lawn chair as like an active meditation of just like being free and just sitting with myself and my thoughts, and you know, just really focusing on breathing so yeah. you know those are some of the acts that i do and before we move on i just wanted to add one more thing about what we were just saying of like the fear of like the risk fear of the unknown yeah. once yeah. you do it one time it's just you're good it's like riding, riding a bike once you've okay. experienced that super scary if shit doesn't work out it's gonna hit the fan real bad and it happens and it works out once you experience that once it just makes everything else a little, well, half as scary as it would have been for, for you or somebody else. And then, you know, it's just easier to make a lot more decisions.
0: It almost feels like people need to, because I'm just always thinking, what's the opportunity here, right? It's like, it almost feels like people need a space where they can quietly try to create things, figure out, if, given our, our social structure, right? Because unfortunately, we are taught to judge quickly, or at least that's kind of what I've experienced. And, you know, it's almost like people need to be able to start things, learn from them and sort of educate and, and thinking about our education system. There's so many things we should be doing, you know, whether it's high school or even like a year after high school. I mean, if they allowed everyone, if they taught everyone basic, like financial principles, like I think better, I don't think they do enough of it, but also what it's like to maybe start your own e-commerce site. You know, I think people need to realize that a lot of this stuff is not as scary as it sounds while also understanding that, you know, there is no, qu- we both know while we say this, none of us just wake up in the morning and like money shows up in our bank. account. Like we work harder than most people, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm, sure, I'm sure you do. So that's the other asterisk. Yeah. Obviously you don't just wish it and it comes true. You know, there's something there. You said something about you have your kind of list of things that you say are the most important to drive and and getting things done. The one that I kind of, because there's hustle, do good shit, you know, work hard, I I, Mm -hmm. uh, innovate. Those all make sense to me. The one that's kind of interesting is the make magic. Can you explain that one?
1: Yeah. So to me, magic just means, it's a feeling. To me, magic is more, more than anything, it's a feeling. where it's whether you call it butterflies in your stomach, you just feel really lifted up. You're not moving anywhere, but it just, this tingling sense comes over you. You just feel something magical is happening and i think you know we are granted this life and there's so many different opportunities to you can make something that gives you that feeling or you can wait for something to be made to give you part of that feeling but when you make it yourself whether it's an artist making a painting whether it's a musician making a song this feeling and you get into this bubble And it just really takes you outside of yourself. So it's just like making magic allows you to create. Like this is like your, uh, this is your act as a human being is to create, whether it's, you know, other humans or um, content or materials or things or ideas and, you know, making that magic. And I think I said the formula is happiness minus fear It's you could live your life with fear or you could say, I'm scared. I'm going to do this thing anyway. And then at the other side, you're like, whoa, why was I even scared? Right, and so, so had, just more of those moments.
0: Yeah, so it's in a way—is it—is it close to like stepping out of your comfort zone kind of thing?
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's another way to put it, definitely.
0: Okay, so here's my thing. I had a really interesting conversation with my dad the other day, and he said something about normal, and it was interesting because, you know, there's a perception of what is normal, and I mm-hmm. think everybody. You know, there are people that agree and there's, I think it's also generational, you know, because I was thinking about, you know, maybe the things that I say that my dad doesn't think are normal, you know, I was thinking maybe our kids will say to us and, you know, as we get older, we might actually think they're weird, you know? So, you know, I also think I really love to put myself in other people's shoes like you because you said before you do that. So I, you know, see both sides of this coin. So it's, I do see that, but what's, you know, when somebody says, well, what you're doing isn't normal. How do you, how does
1: your brain process that? I process it as this is like in what a is realm of <laughs> normal, right? Like, and then I, you know, I put like when all this COVID-19 stuff started happening, I yeah. sent out like, the new normal or, you know, and then also talking about the idea that normal is what you make it. Like, you know, in certain countries wearing, you know, fu- being fully clothed in a burger from head to toe, that is normal. Anything outside of that is weird and awkward. And as you said, like we yeah. get older Things that we eat, you know, maybe younger. when you were younger, I don't know, peanuts and ice cream and chocolate drizzled all over it, soaking it was like normal. Now it's like, oh no, that's diabetes. I'm getting old. <laughs> like, I can't eat that. Yeah. So, you know, just realizing that if somebody says something is not normal, that's just from in their realm and every realm is allowed. Every realm has its own normal and normal is like super fluid. It's like a fluid term of, you know, what What does normal work life look like, right? Three, four months, not even four months ago, we were already in June. 2019, yeah. December, six months ago, normal was like taking the train, going into work, sitting at an office, coughing and sneezing yeah. next to people. Now it's wearing a mask, plexiglass, yeah. you know, credit card transactions, working from home. So are you telling me that that was not normal or this is not normal? It's not that it's not normal. It's just different normals at different times in different realms. And yeah. it's all normal. Like, it's yeah. like, what's that, the absolute value? Like, that so normal
0: of- is, yeah, exactly. So normal is not mm-hmm. static. Exactly. Right. Like it's not, yeah, it's not whatever you expect will happen. That doesn't, that, I mean, I guess normal is what? Maybe a majority of consensus or something like that makes something normal. But I, I almost feel like that's, even that's becoming flipped. I think, you know, you can, every individual can have their own normal within how they understand their, you know, their life, their environment. And really that leads me to one of the things that I, I work with some fa- founders that, you know, with startups and I say things like, this may sound weird, but when I wake up, I essentially feel like I can create what's going, like I can create the future. And people, some people have looked at me like I'm insane, because that is something that maybe a schizophrenic would say. But the reality is, is you can really position sort of the world around you as something that you can manifest. You know, you get this sense that it really is possible because, for example, if you're You know, if you're trying to build a company and you have a revenue target, well, if you wake up every day and that's your target, you're going to do whatever, you'll hit that Mm -hmm. target. Exactly. So you're actually building, you're creating reality, you're creating normal as you speak, if you think about it. And I don't know if you're creating normal, but you're certainly creating your reality. And I think a lot of people don't, they can't sit with that, you know, and that's kind of interesting to me as well. And that's why I want to have these conversations because I want to see how people think from both sides you know absolutely what were you gonna say
1: yeah i was gonna just add giving yourself permission right like giving yourself permission to say i could create my own future and like you, and then the key part of it is doing whatever it takes to make that a reality and you know a lot of folks will hear the word manifest and like, there's so much jargon now of making it seem like more than it is it's just literally manifesting is just having an idea and saying i'm going to do whatever it takes no matter if it's uncomfortable no matter if it sucks to <laughs> make more you know my normal that i want you know i have experience yeah. where it's like people are like, oh, you know you don't have this assistant. It's like the the person that's super successful. I'll give you an example. The realtor that's super successful is the person that, the realtor that will go in and paint a house and sweep out a house in his early days that can't, when he can't afford an assistant to do all these things. But then, you know, when he does, can't afford it, he's not afraid to, if the, you know, the cleaning lady can't come out, he's going to go to that house and clean up that yeah. house to then sell it to the person. You know, you're going to go into the cold. You're going to go into the the dirt to make sure that this, you know, the it's not going to be, oh, the person, you know, that was supposed to build this part of it th- didn't do it. And now my business has failed. It's like, no, no, I'm responsible. I'm going to go in and into the gutters and making sure that this keeps happening and this we keep winning and keep succeeding. And that's right. not manifesting. That's, you know, that's doing the work and, you know, reminding yourself is a manifestation of like, I'm going to keep on showing up, doing whatever it takes because this is my dream and I'm going to keep pursuing it.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So I, yeah, I agree 100%. I love what you said. So, the thing, I mean, maybe last thing we could touch on, and then, you know, I know we, we schedule an hour. So what I've seen, so talking about the like current environment specifically, well, yeah, I mean, COVID's so time. Enti- I mean, they're both an hour, each conversations, but what do you, how do you process the Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Matter movement? Yeah, how do you process that for yourself? And how do you, you know, think about that when it comes to your kids and, you know, your family? What do you take out of it? And how do you approach it?
1: yeah so for me it's you know for us it's very scary and at first when the first when george floyd got killed and that first week where every a lot of the uproars were happening i got scared in myself because i wasn't as triggered as i usually am by these things and it's just i was nervous i was questioning like why aren't you triggered why aren't you upset why aren't you raging why aren't you writing like usually i write and then i you know record some personal videos or whatever and so I just didn't do that I just kept on working and it yeah. scared me because I'm just like has this become normalized to me and then a couple of days later that it then hit you know I cried and because it just feels like you know a repetitive thing and then people yeah. uprise and then it's like you know a few weeks but I think this time the the difference is the fact that a folk a lot of folks aren't as busy you know before oh I'm gonna put on a sports game there's no sports happening right that there was so many distractions (laughs) that you know the uprisings will start protests will start things start changing a little bit and then it's oh you know lebron just won a game oh it's the football super bowl and then these distractions will come up and it will slowly die down and it's like there's no distractions people have to focus in and you know and so i think it's different this time but it's also weird yeah go ahead
0: no, 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 I, I'm listening to you. I just wanted the most, what I was thinking of when you say, it's almost like we care mm-hmm. un, until it makes inconvenience. <laughs>
1: right? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And so, you know, and it's just like for, you know, being a person, a black person, it's is like I, I always have to care and people feel, like, oh, you know, you're a Jamaican. So you are a little bit separated from this. Your family didn't have the American version of slavery, I'm like, but there was still slavery. There was still, as when I walk in the street or, you know, when a cop pulls us over, it's not, oh, are you Jamaican, or are you Caribbean, or are you just like, American Black? They're not asking you that kind of question. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, just re- relatively, just those experiences and like, just re- recalling experiences where you I've had with police pulling us over and like, overly questioning us, like, whose car is this? Why is not, you know, these kind of things? and
0: Wait, can I, can I stop? Because that's really interesting. I wanted to, so, for example, I can't, you know, I'm not Black, right? So, like, I can't. I could never experience that. I can just not be in your shoes. I can never be in your shoes and and pretend I know what it's like. So, but there are people that basically say that the reason, so this is, it's going to get weird, but I want you to, I want an honest answer because this is not my opinion, but it's what I hear is that when you get pulled over, for example, it's literally not your color. It's because this idea that you that people, black people, whoever can talk, usually talk back or something. Is that True. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Do you, let, let me just say this. Do you automatically, when it couples you over, do you mat- automatically have a negative connotation? And then what is that? How does that transpire in terms of what you've seen in the black community? Yeah. Is that well, a thing I, at all?
1: Yeah. From my personal experience, when we've been pulled over, the first thing that comes across my body is the fear. And so, you know, your brain is, our, and I, as a black person, you're, you know, in work environments, your brain is always. You know already overworking you you grow up with messaging of you have to work twice as hard for half as much you're gonna be you know in the wrong the color of your skin is gonna make people judge you and then when you experience those things microaggressions you just get used to having this next face and so when you are pulled over it's okay professional mode is everything good you look around you make sure everything's good as possible then the 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 police comes to the window now you know your heart is racing like this you know has happened where i remember the most distinct one that I remember was when my daughter was younger and she was like maybe four months, five months old. And we had to go to, she was sick and we had to go to the the doctor and the doctor's office was maybe like 15 20 minutes away from our house and we were living in New York upstate New York well where the location is and we had just moved from jersey so we had jersey plates we were living in upstate New York me and my husband are a lot younger at the time we were maybe like 22 23 and then we were driving you know going to speed limit everything is fine and then we got but that road is like a lot of people don't drive on it it's just that's where it is, it's upstate New York, and so it's like really empty all the time. And so, yeah. you know, we got pulled over by a state trooper, and you know, he comes to the car, and we're like, "What the heck is happening? We need to get the baby to the doctor right now. She is, you know, we had a last minute emergency appointment. So I'm already nervous about the baby. Then now we're being pulled over. And so, you know, he's regist- license registration. We, you know, follow the procedure, being calm, being respectful. Then he comes back. He's like, "Oh, whose car is this? And I'm like, "What do you mean? He's like, "Oh, the license, because the car was in my name, but it was like my husband. License registration and stuff, and he's like yeah. oh it's a different name." I'm like, well it's in my name he's just like okay where are you guys coming from well we're coming from home and he gave us a site t- and then he, he's like where do you live i was like port jervis he's like well your plate says jersey and i was like yeah we recently moved he's like how long ago we we're like two months three months ago he's like oh you're supposed to ch- you're supposed to change your plates when you move to another state within 30 days so he gave us a ticket for having the wrong state plate nothing not speeding yeah. Not any traffic violation. So he gave us a ticket on information that I gave him after he asked who owns the car. So right. now I'm feeling like stupid. And we ended up having to go to court for that because it's just like, you asked a question. I answered it truthfully because I'm scared as shit. <laughs> and now we're getting a ticket for information yeah. Yeah. that you didn't, like, we're not, we weren't pulled up for anything else. Right. right. Like, yeah.
0: Yeah. And if so that's that,
1: not racial like, profiling, I don't know what is. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's almost like, you know, it's, it's if anything right now, both, well, and this isn't now, so you don't know, but, you know, everyone has to give. That's the kind of what I've been talking about is this, and I think that's what you said is, is this, you know, this middle ground and people seem to be having a hard time getting there. But yeah, there's no reason he had to sort of dig further or inflame the situation, you know, and it sounds like there's really no reason for him to pull you over in the first place. So that's, I mean, that's a whole other thing, I think. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't help. It's weird because I, I feel like maybe I've had situations that, you know, were kind of similar. So you never know what, you know, some cops I think maybe are just on power trips, frankly. And I'm sure a lot of cops are good. But yeah, I mean, the ones that aren't, you know, need to be, you know, there needs to be justice. I mean, that's, that's sort of as simple, I think, as it is. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of interesting. Was there anything else that you wanted to say on that? Yeah, just to you know, echo what you said. I don't think
1: all cops are bad people, but I just think a lot of bad people are cops, and you know, a lot of people have misconceptions about things, and you know that that there is a, definitely a power structure there. And so, you know, reevaluating that as not only, as, you know, whether it's like different cities, but as a country of, like, what does it really mean to be a police officer? What, Why is there so many negative people going into that role? And, like, you know, we've seen, whether it's TV or real life, dirty cops, and like, why is that just a trend? And maybe it's just in every industry, but when it's in that industry, it literally hurts people, f- kills people. So, you know, so how can we change that and not, like, and just have just be seen everyone wants to be seen everyone wants to be respected everyone wants to you know have their life valued and just recognizing that it's true for everyone like the same way you want to have yourself valued other people want to be valued too and just you know working on whether it's policy change you know mindset development and you can't change people's mind but you can put things in place that either grant people more power or strip it away in different ways that so that way there's a fair play at life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness as it says in the constitution so that's really
0: it yeah okay awesome so I have I have a lot more to ask but I guess we'll we'll, we can like (laughs) pause it now we can maybe do another one yeah I'll keep you I'll let you know if I you know if I if I want to put this content out I may because it's in a weird way it's very current so it's kind of good I just need to find the time to organize it all but I you know maybe I'll have someone on five or edit it or something
1: yeah Um, no problem
0: yeah so that's cool all right, really interesting. And let's stay in touch. I know you're always doing really cool things. So, I'll, you know, we can stay in touch and see how we can help each other, and et cetera.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, you know, it's really great connecting and just having these conversations on a level that could be resonated with instead of a level of, oh, you know, got to filter or be shaking is important to me. And, you know, that always valuable.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. So we, yeah, we could discuss that further. And, you know, I'm it's a weird time, but it's actually hard to find people, I think, that are willing to have these conversations. I kind of knew that you were open to having a conversation like this and we'll see who else. But, you know, I do hope that we can have more of these and like other people can have more of them, you know, versus thank just you. retreating to their corner, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Well, good luck. Have a good week and we'll speak soon.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Gary. Talk to okay. you soon.
0: Okay. You too. Bye.
1: Bye.